All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Monday episode of Dropping the Gloves. We are the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. Tim, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, John. How's your weekend? It was great. It was beautiful weather. We got outside. Um, I boiled down some sap last night, made some maple syrup. Yeah? How was it? I I tell you what, um, it was a lot of work. It was, well, it was a lot of time invested into this, and... I, we, we got the finished product. It was really good, but it was actually, so I made an outdoor fire. It's called an evaporator where you put the sap on the fire. I had two big pots going and I went to like put the two pots together and I picked it up and I had gloves on, but my hands are sensitive and it burnt my hand. And so one of the pots that I had been working on all day, just like yard sale, sap, maple syrup all over my yard. I'm like, Oh gosh, it was terrible. What what are the pots for? Because you boil down the sap to make maple syrup. I thought maple syrup just came out of the tree. False. So when you <laughs> tap a tree, a maple tree, it's like 89% water. And then there's like 11% maple syrup. And so you have to boil it down, boil it down. So if you get 40 gallons of sap, you get one gallon of syrup. So that's wow. obviously a 40 to one ratio. So I did all that work all day. I was boiling down gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put the two together, condense the boiling. Let's amp that up. And I just like bah, dropped it. I go inside. I'm like, oh, I just dropped one of the pots. And my wife goes, why would you do that? <laughs> like you did and it on I, purpose. I, yeah. And I just, I go, why? Why? And I said, I'm going outside. <laughs> this one right back. I was like, I got to go outside. I got to cool, cool the jets, walk this one off. But it was fun. I, I recommend it. If you got a couple of maple trees in your front yard, it's a fun little, uh, I don't know, fun little weekend. You tap them right when spring starts, right when the first thaw and the, the sap starts running. It's, it's pretty neat to see the sap kind of just flowing out of these trees into these buckets. And I don't know, kids get a kick out of it. So that's what I did. It was, it was good weather for it too. What about you? Nice. Uh, pretty chill weekend, pretty relaxed. Um, nothing, nothing crazy. I did go to uh, home Depot today. I just, uh, you know, I had like my garden last summer. Did we talk about that ever? We did talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. So I went and got some starter uh, seeds today and some starter potters and, uh, yeah. So I got some stuff in my apartment now in the sunlight, just waiting to grow and be bigger. And in about six weeks or so, two months, I'll, I'll plant it. Um, but you got to start the process early. I learned that last year. Last year was the first time I ever did anything. So I got a lot more experience, a lot more different types of, of veggies and stuff. So yeah, it'll be fun. What are you growing in that garden of yours? <laughs> Wouldn't you, what you like got going? Let's hear. Um, so I'm going to have uh, broccoli, lettuce, cauliflower, kale, onions, tomatoes, peppers, rosemary, thyme, lavender, uh, cucumbers carrots and probably some flowers too how much land do you have for this garden that's a lot they they give you a good chunk i don't know what the dimensions are it's probably like 10 feet by five feet it's a it's a good and and you don't i mean i don't have that many of each plant you know you don't need that one seed of each plant Mm -hmm. well that was my mistake last year i'm like okay i'm gonna plant 
three cucumber plants and then i'll have three pre- cucumber plants and like only one of them you know like <laughs> grew so yeah just just a little lesson i should have read a book or something but whatever no oh, that's so cool well let me know well i'll go and kill a pig and we can have a little dinner a yeah. roasted pig and vegetable dinner how delicious does that sound but anyway that- nobody cares about our life yeah let's what were you gonna say what i just there was one time last summer when i had like collected like the beautiful bag of fresh vegetables from my garden that i was bringing over your house and you're like yeah yeah come on over and i brought it to the wrong house like this is when you were fig- renovating the house you live in now and you're like hey sorry we're going to bed like next time and i was just, <laughs> like i never did it again so <laughs> i learned my lesson you showed up at the wrong house nah, what are you gonna do the the problem when you have too many houses i guess not anymore. I guess so. Now I got a little shack, Tim, and I love it. But anyways, moving on. So my solo episode, I touched on we have reached the midpoint of the season. And when looking back at my predictions before the season, we made the wild predictions. I predicted that McDavid and Dreinsidel and another Oiler would be top in top five in scoring. So far, I had two out of three. I predicted no coaches would be fired. That I honestly <clears throat> thought that one was going to happen. I honestly thought that one was going to happen. It's been like three, right? We had a little string of coaches getting fired. And, you know, we we picked our Stanley Cup predictions. I picked the New York Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. That's been a colossal failure. I totally missed the boat on that one. That's two years running now. Devils two years ago. Rangers this year. Jets three years ago. You did the Jets three years ago. And I had the Jets three years ago. ago. I'm just just swinging a miss. So I don't like to pick the obvious pick, but I like to pick teams who I think will have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, who I truly believe in. And so far, three years in a row, I've just been like, couldn't be further from the mark of a Stanley Cup champion. So it's the midseason. I I figured let's let's do it again. Let's see what the awards are going to be at the end of the year. We'll do our midseason grade. Who's going to be the Hart? Who's going to be the Vezina? Who's going to be the Calder? Jack Adams, all these fun trophies. Who is going to win the Stanley Cup, Tim? That, that's what I want to talk about. Let's, let's just break it down to the big awards. Has your pick changed for the Stanley Cup? You went the cookie cutter. You went Tampa Bay versus Vegas, I believe. And I think I went – I don't remember. I don't remember. Colorado versus Boston, I think, is what I did. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's touch back on that because I want to see if your picks have changed because it's been a, it's been a pretty – consistent season i think the teams that we thought that were going to be good at the beginning of the year are the ones who are slowly rising to the top there's a few that are having a question mark on their season obviously people say i bash on the bruins all the time but they were one of the preseason favorites who are you know people are questioning them but i would say from the start of the season to now the ones that went into the season earmarked for the finals those are the ones that are still there the leafs the lightning the Golden Knights, those are the top three that everybody talked about, and they're, they're still the creme of the creme. But they do have people on their heels. They do have some competition, especially in the last week. Gosh, I felt like such a heel when I coronated the Leafs like two weeks ago, and I was like, the North Division is terrible. They are walking through this division. The Leafs, they're playing a bunch of JV teams. I think – all of these teams must listen to my podcast or at least a good portion of them because they have picked up their game. It's either that or the Leafs have just gone on cruise control and have been playing subpar hockey for the last two weeks because all of a sudden this runaway division has become really, really competitive. So I apologize to everybody for maybe just calling that division a little early because right now, gosh, it's, it's a tight race. The Leafs have some company and it's not just one team. It's two, three teams that are right up there. Uh, way up there. Wazoo Tim. Don't you think? Yeah. You gave uh, the Oilers and the, the Jets some whiteboard material by saying it was the least division. And uh, I'm sure they had some team meetings and they discussed your, and they said they wanted to prove you wrong. So uh, I think the least is still the, the top of that division though. I think they're still the team to beat. Well, I guess we'll find out our year end predictions. If you think that's true. All right, let's move on. Let's start with um, an award that I think, gosh, the guy who won it last year, he's having a great season. He plays on a team that I think helps him, but we're talking about the Vesna. I'm talking about Andre Vasilevsky, Tim, we've played 30 plus games in the season so far. Who is your 
Vesna winner at the end of the season? My pick is Grubauer from Colorado. Um, he's Philippe got 18. Grubauer. Yes, he's got 18 wins, which is good for second in the league. He leads the league in shutouts with five, um, which is crazy because I feel like every other night you hear about someone like Vasilevsky posting a shutout, but Grubauer has actually got the most in the league. Leads the league in games played, which involves coming off the bench at least a couple of times to from uh, Frank Kuz or someone else, whoever their backup is now, uh, who's blowing a game, and, and Grubauer has to come in cold, stop some shots immediately, and coming in with a win. He had one earlier this week, made 15 saves uh, of shutout relief in a period and a half. So um, he's so good. The 929 save percentage. Here's another one. 1.74 goals against, which is also best in the league. So he's got the best goals against. Most games played. Leads the league in shutouts. He's a workhorse. He's a force behind the net. You know he doesn't really take any nights off. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, and it allows those guys like McKinnon and Ranton and Landeskog and McCarr to go out and do their thing because they know that Grubauer's got their backs between the pipes. So that's my pick. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe pick. He's having a great season. He's one of those guys where you go into the season. He's almost like an Anton Hudobin was last year where it's like, do I really trust this guy? I don't know much about him, but gosh, he's put together quite a few good seasons in a row. Would you trust him, Tim, uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals? If it's Colorado versus Tampa Bay, game seven, which goalie would you want, though, back backstopping you? Vasilevsky. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes down to. When I when I look at Vesna, gosh, when you just look at the stats, and yes, Grubera has his shutouts, and I and I will say this: Tampa Bay, I think, does play a better defensive game. They have they have the system, they have the defensemen who have been in the system for a long time. Vasilevsky's stats are just remarkable. He's twenty and three, like that's that's insane. When you just look at that initial stat. 20 wins and three losses. And we're talking about a team that is not like running away with the division. Tampa Bay is a good team. They're 23 and six. So he has 20 of their 23 wins. If that's not Vesna material, I don't know what it is. He's got a better save percentage. He's got a better goals against average. I think. No, he doesn't. Oh, sorry. Does Grubauer have a better goals against average? Yes. Sorry. 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 Anyways, moving on. I would say Vasilevsky. I was going to say him. My pick for Vesna this year is Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. I think going into this season, he was a guy. There was a lot of unknowns surrounding him. Is he going to be traded? Is he going to be their franchise goalie? Is he even going to be their starter? He has grabbed the reins of that team. He has dragged them to a competitive first place standing in the West Division. He's just having a really, really great year. Yes, he's only 16-5. and five. He's got great save percentage. He's got great goals against average. He's just having a great year. I think it's a feel-good story, and I think if you're voting for Vesna, it's tough to give a guy back-to-back year Vesna, especially when he plays on a, such a powerful team in Tampa Bay. They don't have a great division. Their competition isn't that strong as compared to a Vegas when they're playing Colorado or playing St. Louis or playing Minnesota. It's a stronger division. The thing that kind of knocks Flurry is Grubauer's in the same division. He has more wins. He's got a better save percentage. He's got a better goals against average. So when you just look at the stats, maybe Grubauer gets it. But my pick is going to be Marc-Andre Fleury for the Vesna. Tim. Either, I mean, I would love to see Flower win it too. He's just such a likable character. And again, like you, we didn't even know if he was going to be a starter. In fantasy hockey, he was drafted as a backup. Everyone thought it was Leonard's team. Um, so, yeah, Fleury's a great pick too. I mean, one of those three you got to think is going to be a lock. And honestly, it's a boring pick. If I was a betting man, I might pick uh, Vasilevsky just because of the wins. And he's still putting up incredible stats too. Gurbao's got, got him in a couple, but – Vasilevsky. I think at one point he had 12 wins in a row. It's just, it's silly what he's doing. And that team is just an absolute force. He's a wagon. No, he really is. He's not a wagon. wagon. Is a wagon wagon. not good? He's a stallion. I'll give him that. Is a wagon. I thought a wagon was good. He's a guy you'd want in your squad. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's go to the Norris. This this one is again. Is the same guy going to win it two years in a row, Tim? When you're looking uh, at the Norris, who do you got? 
I mean, if I'm a betting man, it, a headman is just is, is such a good choice. It's the same exact story as Vasilevsky. He's just the best player in the world at his position right now. But you can make a case for a couple other guys. I'm going to make a case for someone that, um, honestly, <laughs> I did not when – I, when I started my research earlier today, I did not even have him, I guess, on my radar. But I didn't think – Drew Doughty, okay? He's second in the league for time on ice, only behind Brent Burns, who's not having a great season. And Drew Doughty's put up really good points on a bad team. That's the thing that he has going for him that some of the other guys we're going to talk about don't. Like, Doughty is not playing on a good team. He's still putting up points. He's in the plus, which is, again, this is the, this is the Kings here. You know, this, they let up a lot of goals. He's the only defenseman on his team that hasn't missed a single game. So, again, you're talking about just if you, when you think about the, the team in front of him, the goalie behind him, the forces around him, Doughty is sort of on an island in a lot of ways he's the best player on his team and he's performing like it and and he, you know the other thing too i think is really cool is that he gets knocked a lot of times as, as a, a an offensive defenseman as a guy that puts up a lot of points but sort of can be a liability in the back end but um he's not like i said the plus minus is there he's actually taken fewer shots by a lot than any other d-man in the top 10 in points so he's not just playing one-way hockey he's he's being responsible defensively he's getting back he's, he's back checking he's he's playing the the two-way so Doughty, I think uh, you can make a really strong case for. Again, you know, the biggest thing that that he's got going for him in his corner that the other guys we'll talk about in a second don't are just – he doesn't have an elite netminder behind him. He doesn't have an elite offense or any really elite goal scorers in front of him, and he's still putting up really great points. I think he's number third or fourth in defensive points. So, uh, Doughty, I think you can make a really strong case, and he's certainly going to get votes one way or the other. I like that pick. It's a throwback. And I think people forget about Drew Doughty. Like you said, he plays on L.A. People didn't expect much from them. But he's having a great season. I I think he has fallen off the last few years. Obviously, L.A. hasn't been the team that they were back in the 2000s and 2010s and everything when they were winning all their Stanley Cups. But he's still here. He's consistent. He plays a good defensive game. And, man, is he a competitor. I like the way he plays. I'm glad to see him back in the mix because he's he's such a good player. And I think people just overlooked him for that long because, oh, the L.A., you know, they're, they're going to be the last. They're not a good team, but he's back. You know, he had a two-, three-year hiatus, but he's, he's playing well. I'm going to go – and obviously, listen, Victor Hedman, I think, is the clear-cut, obvious pick here. But I think when you dig into the stats like you have done, Tim, and like I am about to do, there's a player here who just does everything well, and I don't think he gets the recognition that he should – Darnell Nurse. What is the first thing you think of when you when you think of Darnell Nurse? I don't know, defenseman. Yeah, tough defenseman. You don't think of a playmaker. You don't think of a guy who's putting up much points. He has twenty five points this season. He's not on their first power play unit. He's not really on their second power play unit. He only has four power play points this year, and he has twenty five points. He leads all defensemen in even strength points. So if I'm looking at a defenseman who's going to win the Vesna, yes, it's good to be a power play guy, but I want a guy who is solid defensively, solid five on five. The power play points, that's a luxury. This guy is almost leading the league in points, and he's not even on the first power play unit. When you look at the top guys, Victor Hedman, Tyson Berry, Quinn Hughes, Jeff Petrie, John Carlson, all those guys are on their top power play unit, every single one of them. So for him to be in the top six in points. That's pretty remarkable in itself. He has that going for him. He's second in goals. He plays a ton of minutes. And the thing I love about him, he fights. He plays an all-around game. He keeps guys honest. He is a tough son of a gun. I, out of the top 40 defensemen, he's the only guy who I would be nervous fighting. He just does everything. And to boot, he's on a team that's run and gun up the ice. They give up a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals. He is plus 21. That's a big number. He's only played in 34 games. That's a huge number. And you contrast that with his partner, not his partner on the ice, but his partner on his team, Tyson Berry. He's only plus seven. So he is three times as good as Tyson Berry in the plus minus department, which is saying a lot. They're playing with the same players. They're getting the same amount of ice time. And he is plus 14 better than Tyson Berry. I think that speaks volumes for his defense. He by far out hits all these guys who are ahead of him. I just think when you look at a Norris, and I know you love Darnell Nurse too. He's just a great player. I have him on my fantasy team. He's a stud. Everything he does, he hits every single category. He hits. 
He plays hard. He fights. He scores. He's a killer in the plus. He kills penalties. I don't know. If I were a voter for the Norris, this guy has to get your vote. I don't know how he doesn't get your vote. He's, he's an unknown. He came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody even had them on their radar for Norris. So he, he's, a, he's a no-brainer so far. Don't you think? You gotta, like, he has to be. Yeah, they both, and the thing that both Dowdy and Nurse have going for them, and, and Hedman does too, but, you know, these guys are logging a ton of minutes. They're both logging, averaging over 25 minutes a game. I mean, I feel like you haven't seen that a lot lately. There's not a lot of guys that can do that anymore, or at least it's by design that they don't by the coaches. So um, he gets a ton of trust, like you said. He's, he's, he's big, he's strong, he can play both sides of the puck. Um, I think uh, I would – honestly, if, if you ask me who I want to win out of the three, it's Nurse. Obviously, I mean, he, he doesn't have one yet. He's kind of still an up-and-coming player. And he's one of those guys, they say defensemen bl- uh, bloom later than, than offense, right? What mm-hmm. is he, 24, 25? Like, he's going to yep. guy, like, he's going to be really good the next few years. And I wouldn't be surprised if, he, if he's, you know, top three in Norris multiple times during that stretch. Has your preseason pick disappointed you? You had Tory Krug winning the Norris. Is it, does it surprise you when I tell you he's only scored one goal? Did I, 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 I picked him to lead defenseman in points. I don't know if yeah. I said Norris. He's got one goal. Does that surprise you? That does surprise me. I would have pictured him like Nurse had, having 10 goals by now. As a Bruins fan, does that make him leaving a little more palpable? Does it like kind of ease the sting of him leaving, That knowing he only has 16 points, one goal, 15 assists? He's not exactly lighting the world on fire. Does it make it easier for him to walk away, or it still stings a little bit? I mean, it still stings, but what makes it even easier than that is, is Charlie McAvoy's play. Like, he's going to be a guy who gets some Norris votes this year, too. He's putting up uh, points. He, he, he does run the offense in the, in the power play. He can log the heavy minutes. Hasn't been afraid to drop them. And he, and he, uh, yeah, so McAvoy has really – I don't know that he would have been able to step up in the same way if Krug and even Char was still there. So, it, it does sting. I, I would love to see Krug back in a Bruins sweater, but um, – I, I was surprised to know that he only had one goal. I would have assumed he had more than that. You're going to tell me someone's going to put Charlie McAvoy on their Norris. Yeah, he's already, he's already like fourth or fifth in, in a lot of the, the uh, uh, what do they call it, like the voting from the beat writers and stuff, the no analysts kidding. voting. Why? Yeah. Just because he's their, he's their one 1A and 1B option right now. That's probably Is part that of why? it. Yeah. I don't think he's even in the top 10 right now when you're doing a vote for oh, mm. a Norris. He's yeah, I, I, I would not pick him to win the Norris, but yeah, he's up there. You gotta, you gotta give him some, at least that six, five, six, seven range in the voting. He's maybe 15 and I'm not even just saying this <laughs> to get you going. He's not top 10. He's not, he's maybe scratching top 15. A guy who's having a great season. Who's been a steady Eddie. As long as she goes is Nick Letty. Nick Letty, steady Eddie. He's got 21 points. He's playing on a New York Islanders team that's playing great. No one ever gives him any due. He's talk about one of the fastest guys I've ever seen on the ice. Nick Letty. Really? He has legs the size of a tree trunk, and he just glides out there. He's one of the most effortless skaters I've ever seen in my whole life. I played with him in Minnesota. Boy, oh boy, does he move around the ice. And he's having a great season. When you look at the Norris, it's, a, it's, it's much like all the other trophies you kind of get these votes if you deserve it. Like, oh, he should have won a couple years ago. You know, it's his time. Hedman won it last year. Okay, who hasn't won it this year? Oh, let's see. Oh, well, let's give it to this guy, Dougie Hamilton. He deserves it. So if they're going straight year all across the board, I think it's got to be Darnell Nurse. Charlie McAvoy, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. He's a good player, yes. He's picked up the slack for Tory Krug. He's doing a great job. I don't see him at the Norris level yet tim i'm sorry i love boston i don't love boston but he'll get there i truly believe he'll get there how about how about that how about that can you I'll, give me I'll that take it i'll okay. take it moving on is this next award that i'm going to mention the easiest award can he just stop playing now and we can give him the heart trophy yes we can that, that's what i figured so it's the the heart trophy tim who is your pick I began my research this afternoon determined not to pick Connor McDavid. I'm like, okay, that's such a boring pick. Everyone's going to say it. Everyone's going to tell me I'm boring for picking him. Uh, so I went in. I'm like, okay, where, where can we find advantages for other guys that I can make a case, like in goals or power play points or shots or time on ice and all this stuff. And McDavid, you just can't make an argument for anyone <laughs> else. McDavid is just like and – the, and the argument a couple of weeks ago and for the first maybe third of the season was like McDavid's putting up the points and the assists. Matthews has got all the goals. 
you know, like what, what do you value more? You can make a case of both those guys. But McDavid just this week has tied Matthews for goals with 21 for first in the league. He's also um, first in assist, obviously, first in points. He has 10 points in the next guy who happens to be his teammate, Dreisaitl. I mean, it's, it's crazy, too, because guys like Matthews, like Dreisaitl, Patrick Kane are having unbelievable seasons, all worthy of, like, you know, an MVP voting. But – McDavid is just light years ahead of those guys. You know what I mean? He's in a class of his own. And I, I can't really understand an argument for anyone who wants to say that he's not the MVP this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we're witnessing something pretty special with this guy. Like when can you think of a player who is this dominant that no one else is untouched by him? Like what? And he's doing it consistently year after year after year. I think he goes down as the second best player of all time. I think Gretzky still takes him in points just because he played in a great era and Gretzky was the great one. He did everything. He did everything well. But if Connor McDavid can continue to produce at this pace with the goals, with the assists, he, he's just such a special talent. He, he's a talent that we haven't seen before with his speed, with his skill, with his vision. I don't think we've seen anyone. I don't think we will see anybody for a long time who can – do the plays that he does at the speed that he does the map. Like it's, it's remarkable to be able to pay, take a pass full speed on your backhand and your skates, not lose a step and like go through a defenseman, go around a defenseman and to have the, the wherewithal to get off a decent shot or a move on the goalie. This is what we saw with McDavid his first few years where he could skate guy by skate by guys but he couldn't finish at the net he would get like six or seven grade a chances a game he would finish two of them now he's finishing half of his chances he's getting these chances he's taking advantage of them whereas his first few years in his career i feel like he just was go 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 when he would get in tight and he was like oh i don't know what to do and he would try to like backhand higher and he just wouldn't finish now he's he's a lethal finisher he's a lethal disher he's a complete player I don't see anything stopping him barring an injury. He's just that good. Teams game planning against him, it doesn't matter. And this is where I think it shows how good he is. When you go into Edmonton, you game plan versus McDavid. You don't game plan versus Dreinsidel. And he still is outproducing Dreinsidel. Even though Dreinsidel is getting the second-rate D guys, the second-rate defensive forwards, and he's still just putting up these massive point totals. So – He's got the heart. He's got every offensive trophy there is. Just give it to him and give it to him for the next 10 years because there's nobody who's going to come close to him. Nobody at all. I was going to try to make a case for Patrick Kane, how he's like resurrecting Chicago Blackhawks and dragging him to a playoff appearance and he's playing well. And, and you know, that's great. But it's just, you can't do anything. What did surprise me, Mitch Marner's got more points than Austin Matthews. And I know Austin Matthews has played three less games, but that, that's, that shocked me. It did. That, did shock me. that yeah. caught me off guard a little bit. So good for Mitch Marner. He's having a great season. Do you know how many points Connor McDavid is projected to get if he if he stays at this uh, pace? Um, uh, they're going to finish his fifty six games. I'm going to say like eighty six points. Eighty six points in a fifty six game season. Yeah. You don't you don't think he's going to get to a hundred? Uh, I mean, I don't know. What's what's his what's his projection at now? 98 and a half points. Oh, oh. what are I the say over- he does it. You think he does get a hundred points. If he's on that pace, then yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like McDavid's the first player that I remember as a hockey fan. that like, you feel like you're watching something special. Like even at their primes, like Ovechkin, Crosby, like those guys, I never felt like they were the kind of player that you grow up telling your kids you got to watch, right? Like no. I'm too young to remember like Yager, Lemieux, Ray Bork. Like I, I knew those guys, but I was just kind of like I was a kid. This is the first time I'm in my adult life that I'm like, man, something special is happening on the ice every single night. And, and we're all just witnesses to that. That's the kind of player that you will tell. Like you said, he could go down as the second best player of all time when else is all said and done. He's the kind of kid that you want. Yeah, I'll tell my, my kids someday if I ever have him. Like, yeah, I used to watch Connor McDavid. He was unbelievable. And I, I, I'll never talk about, like, Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin or those other guys, you know. Well, like that's, I think you'll talk about Ovechkin. Like I said in a previous episode, I think Ovi will go down as the greatest goal scorer ever. So you might bring up him. But, yeah, this guy – there's very few guys who will be in his category. I think when you look back, when we're old and gray, well, grayer than I am now, when we're like 70, 80, yeah, it'll be like, okay, who do you remember? I remember Ovechkin because he was just an unbelievable goal scorer and he was just brought so much energy to the game. 
and I remember Connor McDavid. He was a special player. You'll think of Wayne Gretzky. You'll think of Gordie Howe. You'll think of Connor McDavid. Well, Yarmer Yager. Like th- those will be the names that'll stand out. So it's exciting. We're witnessing this, and he he hasn't even hit his peak, which is a scary thought. He's been the best player in the league for the last five years, and he still isn't even his best player, which is exciting, but it's also scary if I'm every other player in the league because this guy is just – like he's just getting started. It's, it's really kind of neat. I, think, I hope everyone is aware of that. I, I really do. I hope the Edmonton GM is aware of that because they need to get this guy. And I think they have – you know, they're, they're playing much better. Dave Tippett. You know what? Let's, let's move on to the next category. Okay. The Jack Adams, Coach of the Year. Who do you have, Tim? This this is an interesting award because there there are a lot of teams that have you know surprised us. The Minnesota Wild, you know they they've come out of nowhere. The Carolina Hurricanes are competitive. The Florida Panthers are playing well. Chicago Blackhawks are playing well. There's a lot of good stories in this league this year, and that means there's a lot of good coaches. So who do you have winning the Jack Adams? Uh, it was between a, a couple of guys for me. I really like what Colleton's done in Chicago, taking the Blackhawks, a team that, that doesn't even really belong outside of like the basement. They should be they should be a lottery pick. And the fact that he's making them a playoff contender, I think is cool, especially since a lot of people wanted them fired last year. Um, but for me, the the Jack Adams belongs to Coach Q, Coach Quenville in Florida. I think he's just he's done more with less than most of those coaches in that in that top among the top teams in the league. Um, they're second in their division against again a total wagon of uh, Tampa Bay, so they could be leading the division in, in many of these divisions. Um, he's getting the most out of his players. They had a tenuous goalie situation to start the season. You just never know what you're going to get. Um, and and that kid Dridier, Drig Dridier, Dridier, whoever that Dridier. That uh, that goalie they have, he's playing really well. Um, he's actually outperforming. Uh, what's his name? Who's the other goalie? I'm blanking. Uh, John's giving me it a starts look. Starts with a B. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I, I keep wanting to say Briskalov, but it's not Briskalov. Keep going. Um, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Coach Q uh, is going to be a great critic. Um, he's got those those top superstars in Barkov and Huberdeau, but he's getting production out of everyone in his lineup. In, in his lineup. Um, Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, yep. And I don't think he's got like a total, uh, you know, ace in the hole in the back end. Like, like Yandel can put up points, and I really like Ekblad, but like, you know, he doesn't have that Norris caliber guy that a lot of these other top teams have. So, I, I yeah, Coach Q is the guy, and uh, especially considering where you thought the, the their team might be and where they are now. Because like we said in the rest of the in the beginning of the podcast, like most of the best teams in the league are who we thought the best teams were. It's the it's Washington, it's Las Vegas, it's Colorado, it's Tampa, it's Toronto, and then Florida's right up there with those teams. And we thought they were maybe like maybe a three four in their division. So it's fun to watch. And Coach Q, I think, is uh, got to be among the top guys in the in the in the league for that. Yeah, I agree. He would be a heartfelt, you know, fan favorite pick. A guy that I'm going to go for is a coach who I played for in Arizona, Dave Tippett. He's with the Edmonton Oilers now, and I know it's kind of a softball pick. Edmonton's expected to be a good team. They have this juggernaut of forward talent like we talked about in McDavid and Dreinsidel. Darnell Nurse is having a great season. I believe he should be the coach of the year is because he's he's getting these performances out of these guys. We know McDavid is McDavid. We know Dreinsidel is Dreinsidel. Tyson Berry has resurrected his career in Edmonton. He, he was a complete stink show in Toronto when he was there. He was a shell of his former self. He's came to Edmonton. He's a plus seven. He's got 30 points. He's having a great year. Darnell Nurse, like we said, he's a good player. Maybe he hasn't played his best hockey in years prior. He's having an unbelievable year. He's got 20, 25 points, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have the same type of offensive depth as other teams. And coming into this season, their goaltenders were a huge question mark, an absolutely huge question mark. And even to this day, they're still kind of a question mark. No one knows what to expect. They just picked up my buddy off of um, waivers, Al Stalock. Mike Smith has been playing a little bit better, but they're, they're still a major, major unknown. So for Dave Tippett to navigate all this stuff, especially with the the pressure and the kind of the media hate they were getting early on in the season when they were per- producing like they should have he's dragged this team not drag i don't want to say drag their power play is producing well their pk is producing well they seem to have the ship righted in right direction edmonton's first place in the north right now they're first place in the north yes they're tied with toronto but if you look at their last 10 games they are projected and they're 
playing much, much better than Toronto is. So if I'm picking a Jack Adams, yes, you know, Joe Quinville's great. Colleton's great. Dave Tippett has taken a team that's competitive, that should be good, and he has propelled them into a Stanley Cup contender that is arguably going to take the North Division if, if you look at the last month of play and, and going on to, into the playoffs. They're, they're a very, very hot, hot team right now. So I don't know. That's my pick. Call me crazy. Maybe I'm a little sentimental because I played for the guy. I think he's a good coach. I love his interview style, very deep voice, very baritone, but that's just who I think is going to win the Jack Adams. Don't you think, Tim? Give it to me. Give it to me now. He's a solid pick, but I think Coach Q has still got it locked down. Coach Q has the longest tie in all of the NHL coaches. If you're going to give an award for the guy who doesn't know how to tie a tie, or maybe he does it on purpose, I don't know, it goes to Coach Q. You watch a game. You watch how, where his tie sits. If you're a man and you wear a tie consistently, you're supposed to have the tip, the bottom of your tie, right around belt level. Q's yep. like, no, 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 no. We're going mid-zipper. That's where my tie's landing. I like it down mid-zipper. It's unbelievable. And he, Here's a question. What? Is he buying longer ties or just tying them, like, wrong? He ties that knot super where it's really short and skinny. I dressed up as Q for Halloween, and I, I tied my tie super long, and I showed him a picture. He's like, nice. You know? I'm like, your tie's super long. He's like, I know. He doesn't care. You just think it's really funny. But anyways, I think the, any other awards you want to touch on the Calder? Is that already wrapped up by Kirill Kaprizov? Yeah, it is. I think that's like McDavid. I don't know if there's really a close second place there. There's a couple of guys having good seasons, um, but yeah, I think Kaprizov's the guy. Yeah, Lakenin from the goalie from Chicago is having a good story. Um, yeah. P.S. Suter from Chicago is having a good season. You got the goalie from Minnesota. There's so many goalies with the last names there. Kikinen, Kikinen, Kokinen, Lankinen, Lankinen. A lot of a lot of Finns and Swedes between the pipes. It's it's hard to keep track of them. All right, let's get to the, let's let's get to the brass tacks here, Tim. Who's your final four? Who's your Stanley Cup Finals and who's your Stanley Cup champion? Let's go. All right, so let's let's do. You want to do division by division here? Sure. Together. Okay. Let's do the central. Yep. That's Tampa the easiest Bay. one. That's the yep. that's the gimme. That's the tap. And yes, Florida's been a good story. Carolina's been a good story. Same with Chicago. Tampa Bay is obviously the creme de la creme. They're going to win that division. Moving on. The East. This one's interesting. This might be the hardest one. Who do you got? Break it down. I'm, I'm going to take Boston. See, is that just a homer pick? You just want your favorite team to win? Maybe a little bit, but if you look at those teams, it's like there's not a standout team. I think Washington is – yeah, they're, they're, I guess the Islanders both are leading the, the division with 44 points each, but none of those teams – like the Bruins play all those teams well except for the Islanders. They play Pittsburgh well. They play Washington well. Islanders are like 4-0 and against them this season. So it depends on the matchups, but I think if, if Washington or Pittsburgh can knock off the Islanders, I think Bruin, I like the Bruins' chances against the other teams. And again, if, if Philly happens to sneak in past someone, which I don't think they will anymore – um, I like him against the Flyers too. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Boston. I'm going to go with the defensive team. Boston does have it's, – it's odd. Boston does have the best defense in this division. I just don't think they have the best offense or a offense at all. They're the best goalie too. Well, when he comes back, is Tuka yeah. Rask ever going to come back? Halak's been good. You know, he's been solid. But will Tuka come back? What's he going to look like? I feel like – the only other comparable defense to them is the New York Islanders, and the Islanders' offense has been very, very strong this year. Anders Lee could be a hit. I hope they go out and get a player to kind of take his spot. If they do, if they go out and get a player, I'm taking the New York Islanders. I think their defense is on point. Their goalies have been strong. I like the way they've been playing. I'm not just doing this because I've just been not talking about them all season. I really do like the New York Islanders. Washington's right there. I think what hurts Washington is their goaltending. I do think they're going to miss Henrik Lundqvist. Braden Holpe was a backbone for them when they won the Stanley Cup. I don't think their young kids are going to stand up to the pressure of playoff hockey. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm going to take the New York Islanders out of the East, Tim. The North. Um, again, I, I, I don't like picking the boring picks, but Toronto, I think, is still the class of the division. Um, I think they have – well, Winnipeg's got the best goalie. Toronto's goalie I would take over Edmonton, though. And I think uh, what you're seeing out of Jack Campbell, too, has just been great. He's actually got 
a couple of shutouts for them in a backup role this year, including one last night. So I think they'll, they'll be good down the stretch. They'll finish strong. I think they stay at the top of their division. And I think in the playoffs come, I think this is the year – again, we say it every year. But I think Matthews, Monner, like those – they're not young kids anymore. Like they're still young, but like – they're veterans in this league now. They've been around. They've been through it. They, they know what it takes, or at least I hope they do, especially now that they have the leadership of a, a Spezza, of a Thornton, and they have the greediness and the toughness of Wayne Simmons. And, uh, gosh, who's the defenseman they added from uh, uh, Tampa last year? No, him and uh, – Bogosian. Bogosian. You know what I mean? Like, so they, they got – they added the right pieces um, – and, and I think they'll probably add more of a deadline as we talked about the other day. So, yeah, Toronto's still my pick. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I, I'm going to be a little devil's advocate. I'm not just doing this to disagree with you because we did agree on the Tampa Bay pick. I like the Winnipeg Jets. I've said this from the outset. I think the only team that's going to give Toronto problems is the Winnipeg Jets. We saw it in their, their set a week ago. Winnipeg played them hard. They played them well. Winnipeg has the advantage in net. I feel like everything you said about Toronto's forwards can be said about Winnipeg's forwards. Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Nick Ehlers, Kyle Connors, all those guys have been around the block twice, if not more, and they're experienced. They know, they know what it takes. They've, they've felt the heartbreak. The one thing that's dragging this team down a little bit is their defense. They, they have a good, okay core. They could use some help back there. If they do go out and get a really, really solid defenseman to come in and anchor and eat up 20, 25 minutes. Jake Gardner. Yeah, honestly, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. That would be great. That would really be great. But if they do go out and get a Matias Ekholm, I don't know what kind of draft capital they have, what kind of picks they have. I haven't really dug into that side of it too much, but I like Winnipeg, even if they don't get a defenseman. I think they play Toronto well. I think they play a good system. And Connor Hellebuck, I would not want to play him in the playoffs. I really wouldn't. Freddie Anderson's been struggling. I do think it would not surprise me if Jack Campbell is the starter for Toronto when the playoffs start. It would not surprise me the least because he's been playing well. Freddie's been struggling. Who are you going to go in? Who are you going to go in the playoffs with? A guy who's been strong all season, or a guy who had a you know a great playoff run two years ago? Yeah, I mean, his save percentage is like 80, 888 or something like that. Like, it's not that good. And, and Campbell's is, I mean, I don't know. You got to look at the whole body of work. But yeah, they might have a goalie controversy brewing up north. Well, I think they definitely do. And I think Jack Campbell, it's, it's a good thing to have when you have your backup pushing your starter, but it's not a good thing when your starter isn't playing well. Like, it, I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. Shakes out. All right, moving on. The West. Pretty competitive, you know. More competitive than I thought it was going to be, especially with the amount of teams. I thought it was going to be a three-horse race. Minnesota has jumped right into the thick of things to make it interesting. But I think the Vegas Golden Knights are the class of this division. I feel like they're strong top to bottom. Robin Leonard's coming back. I thought it was like, man, he, he kind of, he does, he does great interviews. He's just such a good guy. He's like, everyone thought it was a mental thing. You know, no one even asked me. They just assumed, you know what happens when you assume anyways. So he, he just said he had a concussion. He got a little bonk on the head somewhere around the way. He's going to be back soon. So you're going to have the two, two headed dragon of Leonard and flurry back. You have a strong decor. Peter Angel is going to be back soon. So, it's it's a strong team they have there. You know, they have a good offense. They have a good defense. They have a great goalie. That, that's how you win championships. So I'm taking Vegas. Who do you got out of the West? I'm, I'm going to pick Colorado um, for similar reasons. I mean, they, they have a great goalie. Obviously, we just talked about it. Maybe the, the leader for the Vezina. They have some of the best. I mean, Mika Rantanen, his, the things he's done, he's had a couple highlight reel goals this week. It's crazy. People don't talk about him. He's one of the, maybe the most not underrated because I think everyone knows, but like under-discussed star in this league like he's just so good he's actually leading his team in points he got four games in hand over mckinnon who missed a couple of games but the thing that that i love the most about this team is the secondary scoring like they they probably have the best in the league for that like you got the top line but then you got kadri you got uh sad don score burakovsky you know nichushkin like these guys are good and he's a defenseman that can put up points i mean kale mccarr gets all like the attention but sam gerard put up 22 points this year devin taze put up 17 points this year uh, Ryan Graves, who's been kind of like he was, he put up a bunch last year, and he's sort of like the the top pairing guy. But he's been playing more defensively this year, and he hasn't kind of taken that pressure off him. So uh, I like these guys. I think you know, last year a lot of people picked them to kind of make it out of their division, and they didn't. And I think this is the year they do. I think they uh, they take it to another level. And I, I you know, it's it's them or Vegas. But it, even just like Colorado, a week or two ago we talked about how they were they had slipped to fourth. 
Minnesota and the Blues had, had passed them. Kind of like, what's going on with these guys? Why aren't they performing? And now they're 8-1-1 in their last 10. They've won six in a row. This is a, just – I think it's the team to beat. And I think they do beat Vegas in a seven-game series. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. When, when you look at their forwards, picking up Brandon Saad was a great move this offseason. He's a proven winner. He's a horse in the playoffs. Like, he does everything you want from a forward in the playoffs. The guy who really kind of stirs the drink, he's a straw for this team, is Nazim Kadri. Yeah. He just does everything. He's in your face. He hits. He plays defense. He's just, he does everything. I saw him the other day where he's just getting under everybody's skin. At the end of the game, he's got a hat trick and an assist. Like, he just – he does everything. He's fun to watch. Gosh, Toronto must be kicking themselves when they got rid of him because he is such a good player. And they got Tyson Berry. Woof. Like, that was – talk about a bad trade. But, anyways, I, 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 I could see Colorado winning this division. I really could. So, moving on. You have your final four. So you have, gosh, you took Colorado to play Toronto. Who you got coming out of that series? Ooh, uh, Matthews McKinnon. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Colorado. And I think the main reason is goaltending. I think if you look at like the offense is a pretty similar, I might give a slight edge actually to uh, Toronto in that situation. I think defense, I think I would give the Colorado and I think the goalie, I think Grubauer is just, you know, a lot, lot better than Anderson and or Jack Campbell. So um, if I have to pick, you know, gun to my head, it's, it's Colorado. Um, but man, that would be, that would be a fun series to watch. I would watch every single game. That'll be a, there'll be a lot of star power in that series. Are you kidding me? That'd be a great series. All right. I had Vegas playing Winnipeg. Not as sexy as Toronto, Colorado, mind you. I'm taking Vegas. I I think they're too strong. I really do. Uh, Winnipeg is a good team. Even if Vegas was playing Toronto, I would take Vegas. I I really think this West Division has some really, really good talent in that division. All right, moving on. So, in the Central, you took Tampa Bay, and then you took Boston. Who you got? Tampa, Boston. They Uh, seem like they play each other in the playoffs like every year. So, who do you do? They do. Yeah, Tampa. I think they're just they're just too good and top to bottom goalie defense forward scoring secondary scoring like everything they just we saw it last year they're just close to a perfect roster you know what I mean so yeah Tampa Bay all right I have the rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals which I think most people would be surprised to hear the Islanders played Tampa Bay last year in the Eastern Conference Finals you you believe that <laughs> it's been a while but yeah it's been a while no the Islanders were in the Eastern Conference Final last year. I'm picking – gosh, I'm, I'm taking Tampa Bay again. I think they're too strong. They have the offense. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. And if, 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 if Kucherov comes back, what a boost. Ooh, he he is. He's already, he's already, like, practicing. Like, he's going to be back. Yeah. So, the, just imagine the trade deadline picking up the best player possible. Like, he is an MVP caliber player, and you're just picking him up for nothing. So, they will be just as lethal. They've had a good season, and he's just been sitting in the wings, just slowly getting ready, and he's going to be primed to go. Like, he's going to be raring to go. He's probably going to play the last 10 games of the season. He's going to be – I forgot about him. I forgot about Kucherov. Shoot. Yeah, Yeah, so they they will be strong. (laughs) So, you have Tampa Bay playing off against Colorado. Who do you got? This is a very good finals. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, gosh, I think, mm, I think I go seven games, but, and I hate, uh, it's hard to see anyone beating Tampa in a seven game series. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Tampa. Ooh, that's yeah. It's just wow. they're just too good, and it's just you know they're gonna win a couple more with this with this core group. <sighs> yeah, I just I just don't think I think they they don't have any holes in their lineup, and I think over a seven game series, I think you'd you'd expo- exploit a couple in in Colorado's lineup. Um, man, yeah, Tampa Bay. It's hard. I don't like it. I don't like it. I know it's boring. I don't, and I don't like want it. those guys. I don't like it. Well, mine's mine's Vegas versus Tampa, and I'm taking the Vegas Golden Knights. I feel like they match up pretty well in, in the crease. I think both goaltenders are strong. It would be interesting to see how Vegas plays their goaltenders in the playoffs. That'll be an interesting kind of dynamic to keep your eye on. The difference is I think Vegas has a stronger decor. I think when you look at their back end, Vegas can roll out a strong six. They got Theodore. They got Martinez. They got Peter Angelo. They have a, like Braden McDab. They have a good core of defense who they can throw out there. And the thing that won Tampa Bay their cup last year was their third and fourth lines. They 
they took over games. Dallas couldn't keep up. Barkley Gaudreau, Yanni Gord, and um, Coleman, Blake Coleman, they won them some games in the finals. And I feel like when you look at Vegas's team, when you can have Alex Tuck on the third line, when you have a guy of that caliber playing on the third line, and they're, they're, they're a well-balanced team. William Carlson's on the third line. Like They're just a good good team top to bottom. I don't think that'll be an issue for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they'll be able to keep up. Yes, Tampa has higher end first line talent. I'll give them that with Kucherov and Stamkos. But I think when you're rolling four lines, which Tampa Bay likes to do, overall, I think Vegas has a better better forward core. So I would go Vegas in six. That, that's my prediction. It'll probably change once, you know, the, the trade deadline hits and all that stuff. But I'm going Vegas in six, Tim. And it's going to be party time in Vegas. Boom. That's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's hard to argue with any of those teams. I mean, they're they're so good. And, and the Vegas Golden Knights, I think, are just they're they're close. They're, I, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think they're probably second best roster top to bottom in the league after Tampa Bay in terms of the makeup, in terms of just how well they balanced out the, the positions and the lineup and everything. I think it's just and the goalies. So yeah. That would be a fun one to watch. It's just two powerhouse teams against each other, and I would love to see what Reeves – they don't have an answer for Reeves, though, do they? No. No, they don't. So, no. so we'll see. The trade deadline is coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll do a show on that, what teams need, what teams want, who's the buyers, who's the sellers. These guys will make a move. You know, Tampa Bay didn't stand pat last year. They went out, they got Blake Coleman. They went out, they got Barclay Goodrow. They paid a heavy price for both of those guys, but I can't see their GM standing pat again. He, he seems to get that this is their window. And he's, he's going for it. He, he is mortgaging their future to win another Stanley Cup. But, man, if they win again, two Stanley Cups in COVID, not really any celebrations, could it be the two worst two-year run to win a Stanley Cup in sports history? Uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's got to be up there. Without a doubt. But anyways, Tim, I think that was solid. Let's get some rest. I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll talk to everybody soon. I hope everybody had a great weekend. We're good to be back. You have anything else to add, Tim, to the to the fans? No, no, I got a hockey tonight, which is crazy because I'm ready for bed. But hockey starts in an hour, so. All right. Well, good luck. Score us, score us some goals, Tim. I'll buy you a hot dog. I haven't exercised since I've been before I got COVID. I went for a run today just to like get loose a little bit, and I was wheezing. So we'll see. My energy levels are still pretty shot. I'm still having like, recovered in that sense. So take a couple we'll Red see. Bulls. Figure it out. Then I won't be able to sleep, John. That's okay. All right. Well, we'll be thinking about you, Tim. Good luck. (laughs) And I will talk to you later. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 